0: yo 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 what's up it's your boy henry
1: and it's your girl elise and we are two asian baristas who are reorienting specialty coffee and rethinking robusta by representing asian cultures yes. and we got a show for you today yeah and
0: we got the intro down two Finally. weeks straight two weeks straight now That's <laughs> let's a, see how
1: long we can keep this up like a, it's like
0: a habit so they call
1: it. <laughs> okay So, like we always do, we are going to start off with our Barista of the Week. And if you haven't guessed already, the country that we are talking about today is China. Mm. A big, big contender in the specialty coffee. (laughs) They do have the Great Wall of China.
0: (laughs) i've never been and i like it's been a dream since i was a kid to go to china
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so bad um so again our disclaimer we don't know how to pronounce a lot of these things so we did the best that we could but our barista of the week is du Jianing. i think that's how you pronounce it who was the 2019 uh world brewers cup champion and uh this was her first win um after three brewer's cup appearances finishing 15th in 2016 and 8th in 2018 and then first in um, 2019 so she's been on the rise ever since Um, if you want to check her out on instagram you can check out at d-o-u-z-i-d-u-j-i-n I N G.
0: Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes, We'll put too. that in
1: the show notes, so don't yeah. worry about <laughs> writing yeah. that down on a piece of paper right, or right now,
0: she works to M2M Coffee Roasters in Uni, Uni, Uni Coffee. And, yeah, it's dope. Check her out on that IG. Give her a follow. Yep. Maybe she'll follow you back.
1: Yeah, so, maybe. Who Benja knows?
0: Benja Kamachiva, last week's Thailand, yeah. followed me on my personal account.
1: Yeah, which is super cool. he so didn't I've,
0: follow us on our account. You know, it's so, fine. He's so. <laughs> great. He's a great guy, but it was just very odd. I was like... He followed me. I was like, oh, cool. Let's go. It's because you're tired. because I'm tired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. And so what are we drinking today, Henry?
0: Mm. We are drinking our Kalita cup of the day. It is a double natural process coffee from blended coffee club out in texas blend in sorry. blended sorry i can't i can't blend
1: speak. in You said blended again
0: blended. <laughs>
1: <laughs> blend in
0: blend blend in, in I just. Club. that's how i speak blend in coffee club out <laughs> in texas it's super dope double notes process processed coffee in keep an eye and keep an eye out because for our next bonus episode we'll be talking a lot more about coffee processing yes keep an eye out for that
1: yes so, so what, do you, what do you
0: think of this coffee
1: this coffee is really good. So they have two coffees that are grown in China. Um, they're both called Mei Zi, which is actually the name of their coffee farmer. Um, or sorry, the name of the uh, woman who owns the coffee farm. And so Mei Zi, um, according to their website, uh, so again, owns the coffee farm. She is a second generation coffee farmer in Yunnan, China. Um, and after graduating from college, she just loved coffee and wanted to pursue a better cup of coffee straight from the source. And so she learned about growing and processing. Um, and so, this coffee is so. There's two uh, different types of matesa uh, that they have on their website. And so. This one is, again, like Henry said, the double natural process. They also have a washed process, which again, if you don't know what that is, don't worry, we'll talk about that in Coffee 201 coming up soon. Um, but basically, this coffee is first fermented in a sealed plastic bag after it's been harvested for three days, and then the the fermentation process basically gives it a more like stronger, more tropical note which you can get that straight from the get go. When we first brewed it in the Kalita Cup, man, was it super fragrant, really fruity. Um, just kind of like, it reminds me of when you first bite into a fruit, you know, like a yeah. really bright, tangy fruit. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Passion fruit. Yes, exactly. And then um, the coffee cherries are then dried later until the moisture reaches about 11%. So all of this information you can actually find on their website, even on their bag. But, um, and so, a uh, quick side note this is an Arabica coffee. Um, so, we've talked about a little bit the difference between the Arabica and Robusta. And so, um, just to put a disclaimer there, this is Arabica. So, it is a little bit more like sweeter, milder, fruitier, um, but it's really, really, really wonderful. So, definitely go check it out um, on Blend In uh, Coffee.
0: Yeah, I really like it though. I mean, it has just oh, like, like it a lot. I literally as soon as I took my first sip, I was like, "Wow, this tastes like like pink lemonade." Honestly, yeah, that's yeah. what I really like. This reminds me when I was a kid.
1: Oh, I definitely, <gasps> I definitely feel like I, I can't quite think of the fruit i'm sure it is passion fruit but there's another fruit that i'm thinking of that i maybe it's like dragon fruit but maybe more tangy i'm thinking maybe like kiwi actually. kiwi yeah like
0: a very tropical yeah uh, tropical super tropical, tropical
1: very like mm, uh makes your mouth water because it's so like tangy mm, really really good stuff well,
0: and it has just like very milk chocolatey undertone there mm-hmm. the body on it's <laughs> really nice yeah. the flavor lasts a lot on your mouth totally. so if you like coffees where like the flavor is long lasting like definitely buy this coffee it's really it's inexpensive, like you can buy it. And yeah, yeah no, it's super tasty.
1: Yeah, both of the, the bags that we had bought for this episode were only about like 18 bucks. And so really, really, um accessible as far as like specialty coffee goes but um henry why don't you kick us off when with like talking about the history of coffee in china
0: yeah so honestly i was really like digging researching this coffee it's or the the coffee growing regions of thailand it's super dope
1: thailand china china gosh i can't talk um
0: it's been it's been a long yeah it's so early right now and (laughs)
1: okay wait yeah we normally record our episodes at like 9 p.m at night but like today we're doing it in the morning
0: yeah it's so early <laughs> just, just it's like it's like six thirty a.m. right now. No, it's and we're, not. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, it's eleven. It's eleven a.m.
1: <laughs> That's really early for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. uh, it's early for, us. you know, we 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 just graduated college, so we used to just sleeping in. <laughs> just kidding. Now, um, yes, China. So, like other Asian countries, they they had a later start when it comes to the specialty coffee movement, which is honestly kind of dope because now they have like the time to to get better and get to where you know they they want to be. But the main coffee growing region in China is the Yunnan Province located in the southwestern part of the country. and this is what's super cool about it is that a couple of years ago or, um, back in the 1980s a French missionary is actually the one who brought them coffee. Again, hopefully I'm not butchering the names uh, Zukula. in the Zucula village we see that the French missionary father Alfred Leotard or his Chinese name, they called him Father Tian de Ning. He preached in Dali, um, but coffee was not available in China yet. And so this French missionary who had oh so enjoyed coffee, he actually brought coffee trees near near the village, and he taught local villagers how to grow and drink coffee, which is super cool because when we compare that to, like, we looked at a couple of weeks ago in, like, Vietnam, where it was, like, slavery, right? Uh, yeah, very, very basically. Slavery, slave labor. Now, this was just a very... Uh, different circumstance because we see that hey it was actually a missionary who who came to who came to China to to preach and he was like hey I want to show you guys something really cool can you show them coffee
1: yeah well and also too like China still to this day actually is very tea dominant like tea has existed in China for thousands and thousands of years right and it and it still kind of remains like the number one drink of choice um but like henry said coffee is a relatively new thing to china and and not to say that like they don't know much about it they actually have a really great growing specialty coffee scene in china um but it is something that is relatively newer by comparison kind of similar to how when we talked about thailand like only until the last couple decades did they really start entering into the the specialty coffee game game so
0: and a couple years after that missionary came nestle planted Cadamore varieties in Yunnan, and Cadamore is a, another uh, varietal of Arabica, Arabica coffee that was developed in 1959 as a crop with very high yields, disease resistant, disease resistant, and it's a small size, made it possible for it to be planted in lots of small areas. We'll talk about more varietals in another 201 episode. Mm-hmm. And as we look at kind of the regions of, of coffee growing in China, where we see that, excuse me. Yunnan is kind of the most well-known coffee growing region where you mostly get arabica coffee but you also have Fujian and Hainan which are other islands that are actually known for robusta. And so Yunnan actually has 95% of the coffee growing uh, of the coffee that comes out of China and it's mostly arabica whereas the other 5% is the Fujian and the Hainan. Mhm. Or
1: Hainan. I, I think can't it's Fujian and Hainan. You do the
0: pronunciation.
1: <laughs> I, did. I, I honestly, I'm not sure, but I think that's what it is. Um, so, in, what's interesting about Yunnan is that it's a province that shares the border with Vietnam, Laos, and Myanmar. Mm-hmm. So it adds to a lot of diversity in that in that regard. And so, according to the ICO or the International Coffee Organization, it also have has an average altitude of 2,000, and then. An it also has the catamore variety. Yeah. Um, so basically that, that variety is resistant to leaf rust and it also produces high yield and it's like hardiness, which is kind of funny because we talk a lot about like Robusta being the more, um, again, like robust and resistant to a lot of uh, like diseases and like bugs and like things like that robusta is that plant usually but this version of arabica is also um, hardy like that as well so yeah. the harvest typically happens between anywhere from December and March um, and because of the mixture of the geography of the mountainside farms and the the financial capacity of the farmers um, there's really rarely any merchandise, merchandise p- uh, picking in China so yeah. most things most cherries, like the coffee cherries, are selectively hand-picked, which is really cool. So a lot more intentionality and um, care that goes into picking the, the coffee cherries.
0: Me- mechanized. Me- mechanized. Oh, mechanized, mechanized. Oh, sorry, mechanized, like, <laughs> sorry. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> sorry, we can't read <laughs> No, it's wild. And yeah, and so because of, because of just the climate of China and when it's like most of the coffees we get from China are washed, mm-hmm. but it's kind of wow. ironic <laughs> That both the coffees that we bought were naturals, <laughs> but uh, but it's so cool because then if we're to appreciate coffee from Asian growing countries, we want to appreciate all the coffees, even if we're not as well known for natural process coffees. Just mm-hmm. try it and attempt to to enjoy it.
1: This is true. And
0: so that's kind of how coffee was founded in China, and that was kind of how coffee was,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: guess, how it's grown and kind of the regions and whatnot. But I think what's super cool is we're looking at what is the coffee climate now in china in 2021 the year of fun you know what (laughs) what what is the coffee climate now because you know you had just mentioned tea has always been a staple in china i was reading an article about this guy that was showing coffee towards some of his friends from china and his friends were like wait coffee in china like especially coffee in china don't you mean tea like what Mm -hmm. are you talking about and he's like no like especially coffee in china it's so good and so China might be the fourth largest country in the world and have the largest population on earth, but it has one of the world's lowest coffee consumption rates. With This, this is wild, and we'll look at the show notes, but like, the average adult has one cup of coffee a year.
1: I'm That's sorry. so crazy. Because right, right, like, we're at that. like
0: cup three. I'm at like my third cup today. Wait,
1: are you serious? I made one
0: at home this morning. <laughs> I made some Valor coffee out in ATL. This is Rwanda was so dope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but yeah, let's think about that. Let's pause on that and reflect. So the average adult consumer only has about one cup of coffee a year. Whereas us um, as Americans, people living in the United States, consume an average of three cups of coffee a day. So you can do the math, because I can't, <laughs> but like the, the, the significant margin of difference between the, co- the coffee consumption in the United States versus in China is huge. So it makes a lot of sense that tea is still a very dominant drink in China.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> and why that might not sound promising. The coffee consumption rates in China are growing at 30% a year compared to an international rate of two. So for producers and roasters looking to enter an untapped market, is it, is it even worth it, you know, is what mm-hmm. it comes down to. And so honestly, as we did a research, despite most adults, and I want to be very clear, adults like over the age of 30, because we'll see that the young millennials have actually mm-hmm. helped impact the specialty coffee movement in China. But most adults, like if they're, if they're not really buying into coffee, if they're not really getting coffee and then they're most drinking tea, is it even worth it? To invest in specialty coffee for a young entrepreneur or a shop in china mm. and we'll see it actually is mm. so as we look at the history of coffee in china starbucks first opened in 1999 in a china world trade center in beijing and uh, another coffee shop called Luckin coffee that's another kind of coffee chain started opening up in in china and so what's super cool about china is that like they have, they have an obsession with chain places, like Shane restaurants. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Which, like, obviously in America, we we, we do too, but for some reason, like, people in China love Starbucks and, like, or, like, not necessarily, or not love Starbucks, excuse me, they love Shane places. Like, KFC... I was, like, doing research. For some reason, KFC is, like, a big thing in China. Do you like KFC, Elise? I
1: love KFC. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, right now, Starbucks owns over half of the share of the Chinese coffee market. So, between 2017 and 2018, Starbucks' revenue almost doubled. And it was estimated that a new Starbucks store would open every 15 hours in the country. Which is
0: weird. I, like, I still kind (laughs) of grasp that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of crazy. I mean, we joke about, like, how there's a Starbucks in every corner and, like, you know, it is a big monopoly and um, and chains are chains and, like, that's fine. But um, it is kind of crazy to to think about, like, they own over half of the the Chinese coffee market alone. And China's a huge country. So just think about the gravity of that. Um, basically, up until 2012, it was all about instant coffee. Um, but... Starbucks definitely has picked up popularity since then.
0: Because of just the chain aspect. It's grab and go. And mm-hmm. it's simple. It's quick. And even like, the reason why I say KFC earlier, it wasn't random. Like, even KFC noticed that this is all recent. now because coffee is becoming more popular, KFC mm-hmm. started providing coffee for people like it's not kentucky fried sugar it's like kentucky kentucky fried coffee now like <laughs> it's so kfc like that's so wild what? i know it's weird and now honestly if i ever go China, i kind of just want to say i got like a latte i don't even drink lattes that much i got a latte at kfc that's kind of dope that
1: is kind of cool actually and like right? the- theoretically too like the way that fast food is done in international countries um, outside of the U.S. are drastically different because, of course, they adhere to a lot of different, like, food regulations and guidelines in that respective country. Yeah, so, America like,
0: doesn't do regulations. Yeah, since.
1: no, we don't. <laughs> the FDA don't do nothing. I had a
0: triple bacon cheeseburger the other day, and I didn't care.
1: <laughs> but the thing, too, is, like, I've only ever been to Europe, which I feel very blessed to have say that. But even, like, I went to a KFC in Paris one time, and, like, oh, the KFC in Paris is... Honestly, like quality-wise, so much better than the one in the United States. Oh yeah,
0: I went to a McDonald's in in Rome a couple of years ago, and it was just like, what?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt healthy. <laughs> I felt good about myself so afterwards. Like, <laughs> you, I can't even imagine like the the quality of coffee that KFC in China is probably producing. It's it's honestly probably significantly better than like I don't know the the quality of like the gas station coffee here in the United States. But anyway, so from 2008 and 2018, the Chinese coffee consumption definitely increased. And so this is where Henry was talking about. The millennials, that generation of um, Chinese millennials were, who were born between 1981 and 1996, they make up over a quarter of China's population. And they also account for over half of all luxury goods purchased. So all of the Chinese millennials are purchasing all these luxury goods and they also hold interestingly enough two-thirds of all passports dang so just a
0: random fact it's it's a really
1: random fact but it's actually it makes it makes a lot of sense right so well a lot more traveled um just like has access to more experiences uh and so this group of millennials have a higher disposable income than the previous generations and so therefore they can afford a luxury like a specialty cup of coffee so really it was the millennials that are bringing in this wave of specialty coffee and um basically like introducing the value yeah. of it to mainland china
0: which is super cool and so as i was like looking at the millennial aspect i think <clears throat> i think a lot of the rise of technology and access to technology has played in social media has played a part in this because The education system in China is very, like, they value it a lot, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so these young millennials, because of China's value and emphasis on education, they emphasize university very, like, very highly, right? Mm -hmm. So these millennials, right, they finish school and they go to university, they go to colleges typically outside of China, whether here in America or whether in Europe, and they go, because they have, again, they because of the rise of technology and their emphasis on education, they're very smart, so they can get into these schools. Mm. So a lot of these Chinese students, when they go across the country, when they go across the world to these other nations that have access to specialty coffee, like Europe, like America, they, they drink it and they're like, oh my gosh, mm. this is so good. But when they come back to, to China, they're like, oh, all we have is Luckin coffee. In Starbucks and in, in KFC you know and so <laughs> so they're like we want to show the people of China what we experienced at university we want to show the people of China what we experienced in other countries that that love specialty coffee that are I guess more advanced for lack of better phrase specialty coffee you want to show the country this so that's why the young millennials they're the ones starting the coffee shops they're the ones that are like we want to introduce our country to specialty coffee in and even inform people like, hey, we grow coffee in the Yunnan province, so why don't we like drink our own coffee here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and have spe- access to specialty coffee, which is so cool that like younger and honestly, a lot of young people play already play a big part in the specialty coffee movement. But totally. it's cool that it's like they go out, they experience something really good. And yeah, like, let's bring it back to our to our home country. Yeah, and show people that. And that's why like the older people, again, they they prefer tea and they prefer maybe their one cup a year. Mm-hmm. But it's the millennials that have, like, brought it back.
1: And also, too, like, this is definitely, like, a generational thing as well, like, I, I, cross-culturally. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of newer generations, younger generations always bring some sort of, like, newness or spice to some age-old traditions. You know what I mean. Maybe
0: <laughs> it's spicy. I'm sriracha.
1: <laughs> Stupid. And you're
0: Tabasco, at least. No,
1: what the heck? No. <laughs> but um, it kind of just goes to show that, like, that just tends to be the general wave of...
0: Third the, wave. The, the <laughs> wave. <laughs> I got to make a pun somehow. That's
1: actually kind of good. But the idea though is that you, as time progresses, newer, younger generations, of course, are going to bring something new to the table. And um, in the case of China, it seems to be that the millennial generation brought this wave of like specialty coffee. So. Some of the challenges that we noticed that are still um, kind of permeating China's uh, specialty coffee culture is uh, the idea of chains, right? The love of chain shops. So right now, the numbers that we have, um, Starbucks has over 3,000 shops and Luckin is hoping to have 10,000 by the end of the year. So that's a lot of chain shops that are in. um, I
0: wonder how many KFCs there are, too. (laughs) (laughs)
1: there's probably a lot honestly but that's an oversaturated market right because then it doesn't leave a lot of room for independent or um these young millennials to open up shops so uh buying local like let's say you are in mainland china like buying local from those shops really benefit um those those roasters and those uh, specialty shop owners um in such an overly saturated market like that Um, And since the specialty coffee scene there is relatively new, farmers are still struggling to have a uh, virtually higher quality coffee. So Nestle actually is providing a lot of training to farmers. Um, And according to the Yunnan coffee trainers. So there's a quote that says, um, how do I pronounce this word? Nascent right? It, It was the nascent processing classes introduced by Dr. Mario Fernandez with Torch Coffee Labs and the Yunnan Coffee Exchange in 2015 that really began to take things to the next level. Inspired by the new results we saw in our own coffees, we made the decision to ensure our core team and farming partners all received the best possible training available. Many of our team are now Q graders and our CEO, is both a Q Arapica and a Q Processing instructor, as well as being an AST with the SCA. So Q graders basically are like, think of the sommeliers of wine. They are the person who knows all the qualities, ins and outs of <clears throat> coffee, excuse me. So, um, and we can go more, we will go more into that in our like coffee 101s, 201s series. But um, so all that's to say is that they are investing in the specialty coffee realm in China right now. Um, some notable shops worth mentioning in China are uh, OPS Coffee. Um, As
0: opposed to UPS. <clears throat> <OPS.
1: laughs> so they are in Shanghai. Um, and there's also Seesaw and Moon Coffee Roasters. Um, But if you are in the United States, a couple of places that uh, I wanted to mention are Cafe If, Um, they are in the LA area, and what's the other one? Cognizant. Cognoscenti, sorry, coffee, which are also in the LA area. Oh, they look
0: hip. I'm looking at their, I haven't seen their site yet.
1: So one thing to note about the two that are in the States um, is that they are Chinese owned, but they don't necessarily roast Chinese coffee at the moment. Who knows, they might later on. Um, But that's just worth noting. Um, So maybe if you go check them out, you're still supporting Asian owned businesses um, and Asian owned, or I'm sorry, Asian owned like roasters and um, baristas and specialty people in the coffee realm in the United States specifically. But of course, as always, if you guys know of any others, please let us know. We are only two people and we would love to have as much collaboration as possible. Also, if we misspoke on anything throughout the entire podcast we are again doing our own research as much as possible but um you can check all of our resources in the show notes but if there's anything else that we may have forgotten to mention or that you know about the ins and outs of the specialty coffee world in china um dm us shoot us a message we are releasing our website soon and so you'll be able to contact us through there as yeah, well yeah
0: we got some swag that's gonna be coming out we got some out.
1: merchandise coming out swaggy
0: swag you can go to the fit get that fit and drip and looking flat for your yeah. friends it's gonna be dope sauce yo
1: can you tell that henry likes to rap or likes to, listen I, to rap i do
0: <laughs> i i like to think i can rap but i can't <laughs> so
1: that's not true actually henry henry made this really cool rap that somehow mentioned all of our, our friends but anyway point is so our last cup of the day is our rabbit hole roasters, um, Gwayben and I will
0: natural. say, like, typically, like, we were we typically do like our last final call, last call, yeah, or, last call, or, uh, last call, I forgot, I forgot our thing, <laughs> and we made a mistake. And we didn't like, typically, a, a well-known coffee drink is called, um, I want to make sure I get this pronunciation right, ying ying, ying ying.
1: You, your guess you is you as good as mine. Um,
0: and basically it's coffee Nguyen. and milk tea, which is really good. And I've had it before at, in like, at like cafes, like Chinese like restaurants or whatnot. But we both happened to order China coffee this week. And so we were like, man, let's drink let's drink how it's intended to taste like, which is black. Mm-hmm. While adding cream and sugar. And so we were really excited to try this coffee. So this is from... Yeah. Rabbit hole roaster, you were saying rabbit yeah. hole roaster. Rabbit
1: hole roaster is Guibin. Um it is uh again a natural process. So even though most processed coffee in China is washed, we somehow happen <clears throat> to order the two natural ones. <laughs> so we are drinking um the catamore and then some notes that we got right away. is super fruity. Um I get fragrant. this like
0: pear. I think mean, the notes in the back say uh Pineapple pomegranate and sugar and so I get this like nice pear aftertaste to it.
1: I actually get like more mango Um, I think regardless though really fruity. That's what you can expect from it Um, We brewed this one on the v60 at the end and uh, yeah, I mean it's really really good And so one thing I also want to make note of too is that
0: this is nice on the front end. So I really like this call
1: (laughs) one thing I also want to note too is that um some of the, like, traditional drinks that we wanted to go into, we know that there is a difference between, like, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Malaysia, etc. Like, all of the, mm, I guess, like, I want to be careful to not misspeak on this, but, like, or origin, like, they're all different subsects of, mm-hmm. of China. And, like, yes, China's, like, the large country, but those specific cultures within are very different. So, like... Um, and and also if you guys want to shed light on this for us too like i know i have a lot of friends who are from taiwan or like hong kong um etc so like if you want to help shed some light on like just the the cultural differences between them and so that we don't misspeak on them for future episodes as well like please let us know um especially because both henry and i are like not really well, we've mentioned what countries that we're from, um, but we don't have as much connection to those countries as we would like. So yeah. um, please let us know at the end of the day. But long story short, Rabbit Hole Roasters, really great coffee. It's also from Yunnan. Um,
0: yeah, from Yunnan and specifically from the Gubin region. Gubin. and Guibin, And it's really good. And so I'm reading their website right now. And so... This is one of the two coffees from Guiben this year, and they intend to continue working with those farmers long-term. They have a honey process one too. And the Guiben growing region is very remote. There's limited public transportation. Many locals have actually never been beyond the edge of the- Wow. Beyond the edge of the forest. And so when the YCT, which is the Yunnan coffee traders, introduced coffee to the region five years ago, none of the coffees, none of the farmers had ever tasted coffee as we kind of already talked about yeah, earlier.
1: With the exception of instant coffee, of course. Yeah.
0: And so and after the first harvest in 2019, they brought freshly roasted coffee samples for farmers and they told them, hey, try this coffee, it's amazing, and they all really enjoyed it. And so they didn't think it tasted bitter, it was tasty, and so, again, this is a very good cup of coffee. I love the fruity uh, aftertaste of it, and mm-hmm. like I said, I really like this pear. I really yeah. like pears, as you can see. You said <laughs> you got mango on it?
1: I got mango. I, I, I Maybe something a little more acid Wait, Acidic? Acidic, talking? yeah. Acidic? <laughs> I can't speak. A little more acidic, like the pineapple probably, but, um, ooh, you know what? Orange, orange ooh, is yeah. what I got. That's what I got at the beginning. I feel like it's okay. like,
0: it's for me, I get that orangey taste, but I, I would say it's a little more like an orange peel where it has mm-hmm. this like zestness to it. Mm-hmm. And so, no, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really like this coffee.
1: Yeah, the body's really good. Both coffees are honestly really great. They're both from the same um, province. And so, uh, i'm sure they probably weren't grown too far from each other but um regardless though like they're both really wonderful really fruity and bright and um if you like those fruity coffees like i I would actually even say like similarly to um i might be misspeaking but for me personally like my taste i like those fruitier ethiopian coffees and so like they're kind of similar for me actually kenyan specifically like if you like those really bright fruity honestly the
0: first coffee we had the uh the, the blend in Coffee, it tasted a lot like a Kenyan. And a lot of what the research did, a lot of people compare China coffee to, like, Columbia Wasp coffees. Mm -hmm. Like, every website I read, like, said it's, like, a Columbia Wasp. And so...
1: But taste is subjective, and so it all depends on you. And so whatever you like, drink coffee the way you like Okay, Henry. Drink coffee the way (laughs) you (laughs) like it. Drink coffee the way you like it. (laughs) Don't listen, Henry. All right. Well, anyway, guys, we want to give another big thanks to um, Rabbit Hole and Blendin for um, their coffee. They're doing some really awesome work. Please go check them out. As always. And then, of course, thank you to Uzu Han for letting us use his song. Music. Um, for his music, Uzu Sauce. And so if you really wanted to go check him out, he's a great Korean-American rapper based out of ATL. Um, and you can check him out at Uzu Han Music. If you want to check us out, we are at Uzu. A-Z-N Coffee Co. On Instagram. Like I said, we're releasing a website relatively soon with some merch you could uh, probably buy uh, from us as well. Uh,
0: swag, swag. Swag,
1: swag. Gotta and look hot
0: for them ladies. We're guys.
1: <laughs> We are also on Twitter or non-binaries, whoever you are. But yeah, anyway, um, stay tuned for another episode next week. Maybe a bonus episode. Who knows?
0: I'll wink, know. wink. <laughs> 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 we just had an awkward pause
1: you're gonna say, i think
0: we're looking at the philippines next can Ayy. you see that yo i'm so hyped for that shout out to our boy we have another barista and who lives in our area named felly he's filipino he's he's swagging too
1: girl is filipino as well i'm super excited all right guys well check us out next time we'll see you soon deuces bye